Hey, Hound Dogs, I'm David Hankins. And I'm Paul Hankins. Welcome to On the Air with Power Squared. Uh, this week, we're having a special guest, Steve B., a com- comic book creator and also a partner at Artith Merrick, is here to talk about uh, the Kickstarter that's going on now uh, on uh, Kickstarter. <laughs> um, so, welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you. Uh, good to be here. Yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks for the time to speak. Uh, we met through I, I, we met through Artith Merrick, um, and I um, I didn't realize at the, at initially that you were I don't, I forgot how we got involved with Artith Merrick. I don't know if we found you guys. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I remember uh, after the first five issues came out, there was a, a, a message on Instagram from you, and I was really excited because hey, somebody's noticing that we're up there, and we're very complimentary about the the first five issues. Uh, and then I later found out you were actually part of the company, but it was it was still meant a lot to me at the time. Well, I, I have to say, I, I, I think the, the books are uh, very good. I, you know, I, I, I've been a fan, as you know, from the first time I saw them. So um, really, um, really glad that we've uh, met up and um, been able to work together a bit. And now we've got this Kickstarter coming. So uh, yeah, um, I, for me, it kind of completes the circle on that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased we've got here. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about your background. We like to, you know, have you always been an artist? Um, well, yes and no. I, I, I've been a published cartoonist um, for since I was uh, 16. It's a long time. Uh, in fact, a hell of a long time in my case. Uh, but um, it's um, so I've always had my cartoons published, and there's never, well, in fact, there's never been a, a week or a month since then that I've not had stuff published somewhere or other. Wow. Um, but that's not been my main job. I mean, it, you know, people, a lot of people who know me, uh, to be honest, think I'm a full-time cartoonist because that's all they ever see me doing. I think my grandchildren all think I'm a cartoonist. Um, but God knows where they think I get this house from. You know, it's, um, you know, the, all, all the cartoonists I know, uh, a bit like me, I, I, I know quite a few cartoonists over here in, in the UK. Uh, most of them have got regular jobs as well because you know, you know, very, very few people make a living from cartooning. Uh, although I've had, um, you know, I've made some good income from it over the years, pay for our holidays, that kind of thing. Um, but I've, um, yeah, I've had my cartoons published in magazines and things for mainly financial magazines because I was in a, a financial business. I've, I've had a separate career to all of this uh, where I've earned my money really, but um, and I'm still working now. Yeah, we're going to get to your real job, but. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, I mean, so the, the, my real job is that I draw cartoons and I've drawn them all my life. So, so, uh, and I've been lucky enough to have them published. I, I always thought the best thing that could ever happen would be that I'd have a regular cartoon strip in a national paper over here. Right. And when that finally happened for me, it was okay, but I wasn't really that impressed. If I'm being, you know, I, I didn't mind doing it. Um, but I, you, when you finally get something you really want, and then you think. Actually, why did I want that? You know, and so, <laughs> I, and, and it was just another cartoon strip for me. And in the end, I, 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 I'm not saying I was, I, I was pleased to do it, but um, it wasn't really what I was expecting, and it didn't pay very much. Um, but I, I, for a while, I was um, for a longish period of time, I was working for a, a business over here called Financial Times. Um, you know, for my cartoons. I mean, right. they, they run business magazines, and, and I was working for them uh, in, in my spare time doing cartoon strips and at one point I was doing five regular cartoon strips a week but all for different separate weekly magazines wow. and newspapers so, uh, which was the equivalent of doing one a day obviously and um, 
I found it hard work. I did that for 16 years, and um, but but my real passion uh, over the years had been uh, the ad lib comic strips I did for my friends, particularly when I was at school and um, people I worked with. And you know, I've had a lot of fun with uh, drawing cartoons and that. You know, so it's been a big part of my life. But um, yeah, where, where I am these days, uh, I, I, mean, I, I thought I was going to retire. Uh, three or four years ago, uh, three years ago really, and um, the business that I'd, I'd set up back in 2008, we we got it ready to sell and we sold it. And I, at that point, I was expecting to retire. And um, uh, Andrew, Andrew Copeland, you met him. We met through a, a mutual friend, and um, we we were going to set up a, a conference company, a conference speaking company, because a lot of stuff I used to do was conference speaking and financial services. So. So I was involved in that for you know, decades, really. And uh, anyway, uh, we 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 were we were going to set up a, a a business running conferences in London, uh, really. And um, we had a couple of meetings, and we turned out that we were both interested in cartoons and comics and uh, comic strips, in particular comic books. And after our third meeting, we decided to set up a comic publishing company instead. Uh, which uh, is where we are today. And my Andrew's doing it. He, he's a lot younger than me. He he was doing it for because you know, he, he, it's something he really wants to get involved in. I was doing it for something to do in what would have been my retirement. <laughs> so it was my retirement project, if you like. Right. And um, I, I remember we, we we used to meet up in London in a place called um, Leadenhall Market, where I used to near where I used to work, where my uh, business was, and. Um, we used to meet in the Embar Cafe there, which is, which is where the Harry Potter films are. For, yeah, lovely, picturesque place. And uh, we were talking there. And we decided to set up a, a comic book publishing business to help uh, really youngsters get their comic books to, uh, published, you know, one at a time, uh, print on demand, that kind of right. thing. And, uh, and maybe even uh, hardback books, which is kind of where we are now, three years later. But um, we, we were up there one day having a coffee and a couple of bacon sandwiches, that sort of thing. And, um, we decided that we needed a name that nobody had ever heard of before, so we decided to make up a, a word that nobody had ever used in, in the entire history of the English language. Right. And um, after a, about an hour between us, and we really don't know how we did it, but we came up with artithmeric, which I know you called artithmeric because oh, the way you yeah. speak, uh, where you live, which I, we, you know, to us sounds weird, but I'm sure we sound weird to you. <laughs> but but it was kind of like arithmetic, if uh -huh. you like. But with art at right. the front, so artithmeric, as you say, artithmeric. We we um we looked it up on Google and we we couldn't find it anywhere. We even did deep searches. Uh, uh, absolutely no reference to it anywhere in the whole uh, you know uh, uh, cyberspace. That's why it comes up on spell check every time. <laughs> well, um, what, what we hadn't anticipated was that hardly anybody in the world would be able to spell the bloody word. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's really hard for people to find us because of that. But we were able to buy all of the um, you know, domain names and URLs and all that thing because no one ever used the word uh, ever. So, so it, it made it easier than calling ourselves Orange or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, which people have been doing lately. So, so we came up with a word no one heard of, and um, which people still struggle with now. But um, we're um, if if you look. If you search on Artithmeric now anywhere, everything you'll find relates to us because um, not only were we the first people to use it, nobody else in their right mind would use it anyway. So <laughs> everything you find with that word attached will be to do with us. Having said that, um, it's been fun. Uh, you know, we, we set the business up. We we, we bought some uh, 
pretty good printing equipment. Uh, we, we, we've um, we, oh yeah, we've some lovely machines, and we've got some people working for us, and we've um, yeah, we're okay. Everything was going really well, and then the company that I sold, the people who bought it, asked me if I'd stay on as a director. So I'm still there. So uh, not only I reached my retirement spot, and I was just going to be doing Artithmeric as my retirement job. And I've ended up with two jobs in retirement instead of none, which is what you're meant to do. So, <laughs> well, but I mean, it's, in my next life, I'll never better go at retirement. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, you are you've been working in pensions since 1972. That's right. And you and you call yourself? I assume you call yourself the pension guru. Well, that's what I was called. Um, okay, for, so I, I, ran a, I ran a website called Pensions Guru for about fifteen years, and um, uh, that, that name stuck. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we we we're pretty influential. We, yeah, we we had like half a million downloads and that wow. sort of thing. I mean, it was an enormous site over here, and I, and I became quite well known in the industry because of that. So, um, and, and and but I, I actually invented a little cartoon character called Pensions Guru, and and the website kind of centered around him. So. He became quite famous too. So my alter ego um, is a cartoon character, a bit, a bit like Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker. Like. <laughs> so, um, in America, most people don't have pensions. Is no, it... you have four hundred one k's over there, right? You? So you actually, you actually, this is actually pensions, not Social Security or something like that. No, 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 that's right. It's private pensions. So, right. so I mean, and for yeah, I. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody else, but I, I, I know more. I used to, I mean, these days I'm a bit out of touch, but I, I knew more about pensions than is good for anybody. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, bad for you to, be, you know, to know as much as I did. It's an unnecessarily complicated um, subject around the world, but particularly in the UK, uh, where we've got insultingly complex uh, legislation uh, produced by a, a generation after generation of um, Quite incompetent um, uh, government people. So um, that, that left for somebody like me who could explain things simply uh, to be able to explain the nonsense they keep coming out with, and I, and I made a career out of it. So uh, I mean, I, and also pretty good comic strip to be honest. <laughs> so is it uh, how to invest your pension or just? Uh, well, not really. On? No, I, I was, I was uh, for my sins. I was a specialist in um, legislation. Okay. Uh, so I, I spent most of my time with politicians and. Um, government you know, prime ministers people like that uh, huh. you know, I, again I, I wouldn't recommend it <laughs> well it's nice to know that there's a universality that nobody thinks government workers know what they're doing uh, <laughs> well, well, I don't know about your government but I mean oh no it's you, true here too you, you, you couldn't come up with the worst uh, system for pensions here if you tried okay. you know, you um, so uh, You've recently published, you're a comic book creator, you recently published Buffalo Bill Amos Rides Again. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, I've been seeing those being drawn for quite a while. Uh, how, how, uh, how long did it take you to actually complete that? I know you've got two other jobs, so. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, what, what, what happened? I, I, when I was at school, um, I, um, I, I, I drew um, uh, all the people in my class at school and the teachers and things like that. And um, one of my friends was called, Bill, or still is, called Bill Amos. And um, I drew a comic called The Adventures of Buffalo Bill Amos. And I, I think we did six or seven of them where I drew them and they were photocopied and everyone in the school saw them, unfortunately, including the teachers. Right <laughs> about them. And, um, you know, it, and so I was mildly famous at school, but Bill became far more famous than I ever did. 
and the name stuck with him uh, really throughout his life. And uh, five years ago, um, we were out having a beer somewhere with a few old friends, and um, somebody said, "You know, why don't you revive the character?" You know, I, I mean, I haven't drawn it for, you know, for over forty years, uh, and. Um, so, Buffalo Belamos rides again. I don't know why, but I decided to draw it. Um, it spiraled a bit out of control um, uh, because um, I, I, I wrote some stories out, which I thought I'd try and do a better job than I did when I was uh, you know, uh, so young when I did them before. I'm quite young when I did it. So uh, I, I, I came up with some stories. But anyway, the, the bottom line is I've come up with enough stories to do 12, 28-page books. Wow. And for some reason, I told my friends. I still see most of the people I used to know when I was, um, uh, 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 well, young, five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve, eighteen, that kind of age. Uh -huh. And um, I, I said I'd produce um, one book a month during 2022, and so far I'm on target. So um, <laughs> we're, we're just having a bit of fun and uh, and doing stuff. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it is really just for myself and my friends, but. Um, including you, it's got a bit of a worldwide audience. <laughs> weird when you think it really is about a bunch of um, people that knew each other 40 years ago. So, but it's, is it a, it's a Western? Yeah, that's right. We, we lived, uh, when we were young, we lived in a place called Collier Row, which is uh, was near a place called Romford in, um, in uh, London, the borough oh. of London, Havering. Okay. And um, in the original books, uh, I set it in Collier Rio, um, Collier Row, and um, we, we um, you know, the whole thing was, you know, I imagined um, us uh, all at school there um, living a life broadly based on the Western comics and um, uh, and pulp Western films that we used to watch at the cinema back in the 60s. Um, I, I, a genre that's always fascinated me, and um, so uh, it, it's kind of our life reimagined through um, uh, uh, that kind of filter of pulp Western. So you're a character. I mean, it's, it's not going to sell that. You know, it's not going to become a worldwide bestseller. I do know that. Yeah, well, you never know. Maybe this show will launch it. It'll be huge. Um, <laughs> it probably won't. You know that. <laughs> well, it hasn't launched ours, so. Um, it's fun to do, though. I mean, like you, I mean, it's, uh, creating comics is, you know, I, 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 it's what I do. It's what everyone I know, by, by and large, uh, that's what they do. Um, yeah. It, you know, I, it, it's fun. Um. So you were mentioning westerns. I was going to ask you: Is that the so you're? It's the film westerns that you've been watching. I mean, you were and you're from this the time you're talking about spaghetti westerns, or are they? Well, no, well, yeah, yeah, I like those. But I mean, the, I, you you have to. I mean, we didn't live in a colorful world like you did. You you, you live in America. If you lived over here in post-war Britain when I was born in the 1950s, um, you know, it was very black and white here. Um, you know, and. It, our, our TV was black and white until 1970, 72. Right. So, you know, we, and, you know, austerity after the war, it was a drab place to live. Collier Row was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, the comic books that uh, I read, and particularly the Marvel comics, the Atlas comics to start with, and you know, Rawhide Kid, Kid Colt, Two Gun Kid, those. I, I, I mean, I loved Marvel comics, still do, um, but um, the Westerns just, uh, you know, sparked my imagination. Yeah, we used to go to the cinema and watch Saturday morning pictures, and they were black and white. Everything was black and white here. So color um, for me was the comics, and uh, you know, my introduction to Marvel comics when I was like a ten-year-old was uh, you know, a revelation to me. Uh, something that never left me really. Um, so, are you a character in Wild Bill? 
I, I am a character in the Buffalo Bill Amos comic, but you never see me. I, I'm the two nib kid, uh, the, the cartoonist who's oh. um, framed him in the first book, and he spends all 12 books trying to catch. I'll tell you now, I won't give away any secrets, but in the 12th book, I escape and um, <laughs> it opens up the chance of another 12 book series. Right. <laughs> so you're, you're must be working on this book constantly if it's one a month. I, I, I do about, well, I. Put it this way, my, my life is no, nothing different for me now than you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I draw for about four or five hours a day and I always have. So I'm, I'm going to be drawing something. Um, I most, what, what I, all I've done recently is shift most of that drawing to, to fulfilling these books. So I, you know, I, I draw, I draw you know, maybe four or five hours a day. I draw a couple of hours every morning and most evenings, most nights. Wow. And you, um, but that, but, but that's, for me, you know, everyone here, my wife, if she was here now, she would say I'll probably do a lot more than that. But um, I, I draw all the time. I always have. And um, I've not done it to make money. I've done it because that's what I do. Now, and I even did it when I had a you know, pretty busy career, to be honest. I mean, most of my cartoon strips I did when I was traveling around the country were done in airport lounges, uh, you know, uh, train stations on trains. Uh, I'm, I'm very good at drawing uh, while things are moving. You know, I, I, I can... I, I can draw on a train. Uh, I've done whole cartoon strips between here and Edinburgh on the train. Now, you're you're then you're totally pen and pen and paper kind of guy. Analog. Well, Analog. I, I, I used to be uh, until five years ago. I'd never drawn on anything other than pen and paper. Um, but I had the amazing good luck uh, back in I think it was 2016. It might have been 15 actually, uh, 15 or 16. Uh, I got caught up with a company called uh, Plask, P-L-A-S-Q, and um, they were introducing a, a, a digital um, art program. I mean, I tried Photoshop, to be honest. Uh, like everybody said, you, know, you get into Photoshop, you want to do professional cartoons. I really couldn't get on with it. I bought, you know, it cost me 800 quid to buy it and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I just thought it was so clunky, so hard to use, it wasn't intuitive. You know, you take you like half an hour to do a word balloon. I just thought it was nonsense, absolutely yeah. nonsense. In fact, you know, I, I just thought it was you know, absolutely no use at all for you know, somebody who wants to use it for creative purposes. But the, uh, the, the guys at Plast came up with something called Comic Draw. And to cut a very long story short, because I can do long stories any day of the week if you want them, but to cut one short, they asked me if I'd be a beta tester of their program. So I, I managed to get in at ground level on that. And a few of the things I suggested, uh, with a lot of other really good people that I met there, um, we influenced the app, and the app was finally launched. And I, well, I, I didn't have to buy it; they gave me a free copy, and um, I've never looked back. Uh, I, I now never draw on anything other than my Apple iPads with my eye pencils, uh, and 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 I never use anything other than the Comic Draw app, which I find is really intuitive, really easy to use. You don't have to think about what you're doing; it does what you expect. It's not fancy. It's not. Um, I think all the clever stuff that you get on something like Procreate, but I got a copy of Procreate because a couple of people said to me, yeah, you really should use Procreate because it's a kind of grown-up version of what you... I thought, I, I thought it was uh, too much like Photoshop, too difficult, couldn't be bothered. Um, comic Draw for me is absolutely superb. You pick the pencil up, you draw, just like you're using pencil and paper, and um, you know, I, 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 I my pens are probably all dried up now. I've got a load of them here, but I, I don't use them. Okay. Uh, so, so after being a lifetime user of pencil and paper and pens and brushes, 
I know don't use them at all. I, I, I think the um, drawing on the iPad uh, for me is, uh, you know, so, is, apart from anything, it's far more convenient. You carry it around when you can be on an aeroplane or something. And you, yeah. You don't have to listen to the stupid films they put on or anything like that. You just get on reading drawings. Um, so on your, I went to your website, stevev.com. <laughs> Oh, there's some work in progress at the moment. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, most of the stuff there doesn't go anywhere. But you have um, some other things that you've drawn. Uh, one of them being Captain Romford, which I assume now is got a better idea. Something it's in London somewhere. Well, yeah, that's, that's near here too. I mean, I still live roughly where I used to live. I just moved. I, I now live in a posher part of town, really. Uh, but it's um, Captain Romford. Um, Romford's a town around here, and Captain Romford is like Captain America, but he's based in Romford, and um, he, he works for the local council. And he's not very bright, uh, but um, he's got a cat uh, who's his sidekick, who's enormously clever. So, and and for about twenty years, that ran in the local paper here. So. He's not world famous, but people around here know him. And um, when I get a minute, I'm going to do a new uh, Captain Rumford rides again. I think. Yeah, yeah there's because <laughs> it says it's a work in progress. You also have um, electrical tourism. Yeah, that's a book that I wrote, but I, I I'm not happy with it, so I unpublished it. Uh, I'd like to draw it again, but um, draw it better. Okay. Um, and that's that's a novel. That's like a real graphic novel, but um, I'm. Um, yeah, I, after I'd finished it, I was unhappy with it. I published it anyway, and then I regretted it. So I'm, um, I'm thinking about that again. I'd still like to do the story justice. I didn't think I did a very good job of that. But to be fair, I'd only had the iPad a few weeks when I started doing that, and I drew it very quickly. Um, and then you've got a couple of books about one's pension conversations, and one is Emma Levin, the complete. Emma Levin, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's um, yeah, they're, they're both my finance ones. A pension Conversations was a strip that ran in the Financial Times Business magazine. It was a weekly strip, and that ran for, from I, I think it was from 2003 to 2016, so quite a while. Wow. Long time for a weekly strip, anyway. Yeah. And, and when I started doing it, um, it, was, it was basically conversations between me and my wife and a few other people um, discussing the inanities of the pension system in the UK. Um, the editor at the time said, well, if we can do three of these, we'll be lucky. And we did it for maybe uh, 14 years. So. Wow. <laughs> we never, never did run out of stupid things to write about. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. I can hear dogs barking in the back. So we'll pretend those are hound dogs. But it's my neighbor's dogs barking, if you can hear those. Um, no, I, I, I mean, I, I'm surprised you can't hear my grandchildren. I've got a riot going on downstairs. <laughs> um so let's uh, turn this back to Power Squared, which is why we're here. Uh, so you've actually been reading it. The you've, you've read all the issues so far. Well, I have. Um, I, I mean, you know, I I was quite taken with the. I I was convinced that you were going to costume the heroes up halfway through the series, and maybe you will. I don't know. But um, it's um, I, I when I first read it, I thought it was different, uh, and it um, I th I think it has. Uh, it's a lot of merit. I know you've got the twin thing, uh, which is, you know, for obvious reasons, and you know, but but it's, uh, I think it's a cleverly written book or series of books now, uh, and um, good concept. Um, I, I thought, uh, I mean, you see so many. I know it sounds terrible. You see so many comic books, uh, you know, in 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 around these days, 
and and they they kind of fall into categories um uh, and, and and that didn't fall into a category for me and that, that's what i liked about it oh good uh yeah we're i think one of the things i like about the twins is they don't costume up when they use their powers you know it's not i, I don't know they always seems kind of you know, they don't talk, you know, I'm Batman kind of stuff either, you know. They're just sort of, it just you know, they just use them kind of a deal. So uh, they're not, they're uncostumed characters, and it's, we were on a, uh, a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, and everybody was talking about their comic books, and they were all post-apocalyptic, and I said, well, ours is pre-apocalyptic, and it's not. <laughs> it's not well, uh, that's right, it's, it's, it's uncategorizable. I, I do like that. I mean, they're... they're they're, they're, they're quite, I, I think it's original, uh, uh, which is uh, probably a, well, doesn't thanks. sound much, but that's quite a strong word, I think, for me to use. I think it's original. Well, good. We, uh, the three of us, uh, Paul and his brother Trevor and I, sort of came up with the idea of talking yeah. about what we'd want to, you know, that twins weren't being used as main characters, and they were all trying to bring in some manga anime influence. And yeah. So it was, it was yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad, glad you like it like that. Um Let's talk about and we're and we're gonna put thirteen out after the Kickstarter, so uh, issue thirteen. Speaking of the Kickstarter, <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about. Yeah, I mean, I mean what, you, you should edit this down when you put it out. I mean, all that stuff I've said so far, I'll just ignore that and get on with this bit. <laughs> no, it's all part of the conversation we're having with you. Um, so, Power Square, a, a twin superhero drama. Uh, the and what is the you guys came up with the idea to do this and tell us about what's the purpose of doing this? Well, we, we have, there, there are two things here. One, one is um, we we the the market for comics is pretty much saturated. I mean, the the, the mainstream comic market in the U.S. Um, and and in the U.K. where, where I am um, kind of had its day when comic shops were invented. I think. Yeah, I mean, there was a time that you buy your uh, comics on the newsstand here, and I'm sure you did, uh, we did, and um, and and then I I, th I think I don't know when it was, maybe the 1990s. Uh, you probably know more than me, but um, they it, everything started going through the nerdy comic shops, uh, which is fine, which must have been useful, and uh, it probably helped the mainstream comics. Um, get more money and sure about their distribution not worry about sale and demand all that sort of thing but um, I, I think that I think we lost a lot uh, with what I would call American comics and regular UK comics um, I, I think we lost a lot with that and that didn't happen in Japan and it certainly hasn't happened in the rest of Europe where comics have become um, mainstream or they've remained mainstream in, in France Belgium Italy Spain uh, Germany everywhere else so they're mainstream. You buy them in regular bookshops. You buy them in regular shops. You buy them in supermarkets, and everybody reads them. Uh, much in the way that people used to do with Marvel comics and DC comics, all those years ago. But these days, hardly anybody reads Marvel comics. You, know, everyone sees the films. Everyone knows all that. But you, know, you won't find uh, one comic book reader in a thousand people these days. I'm sure. Probably not. Not. Not ten in a million. I don't know. Very few people actually read Marvel comics, or could even name uh, the, the the current titles of Marvel comics. I'm sure. Yeah. Whereas there was a time when every you know a load of kids did, and a load of people I knew did, and a lot of people did as they got older. In in in, in France and in um, in main, mainland Europe, uh, comics are big business. Uh, uh, they don't call them comics, but uh, you know, they're, 
they call them Bandesine BD, uh, uh, people at uh, Bay Day as they call them. Uh, but um, you know, you, you get some pretty uh, diverse titles, and you get quite you. Know, there are some things that I've seen uh, around um, your your books, one of them, your series of books, one of them, that I think would translate well, not not in terms of language, but translate well into that market. And um, so our idea here at Artismeric was that um, because we came, our, we, we've got something like three hundred creators on the platform now, and we hope to have a thousand one, yeah, one day, and we hope to make a profit one day. You know, but we're we're yeah, we're building the business at the moment. We and, and we've met a lot of really good people, yourselves included, and and within that group, of, within the group of people that we've met, there's a, there's a kind of smallish group where you look at the stuff and say, you know what, this would play well in France or you know, Belgium, somewhere like that, where where the comic book market is vast compared to the UK, and I'd say vast compared to the the US. Um, you know, I I think in the US now you've got. Um, mainstream comic books are being eclipsed by stuff that's being put out by Scholastic and people like that now. You know, uh, the, the whole nature of comics is, is changing in, in the US and, uh, and the same here in the UK. And I, I do think that the, um, the BD markets in Belgium and France are, are important. And um, anyway, so our idea was that we, we, we would pick kind of the cream of the, the crop, if you like, the ones that we think are, have merit and we would put our effort and money into helping um, take those and um, fund um, a, a foreign language translations of them in, so that they could be sale, on sale in, in Europe, uh, uh, in French, Italian and Spanish. That was our idea because they're the three big markets. And um, yeah, I mean, we, we did it with Sean Hall's um, Dirk Brody books, which I think are wonderful. Yeah, and um, we, we're uh, probably doing it with the delegates' books, uh, Binley and Tina Sessa Ward, and um, we'd like to do it with um, Powers Squared, which is uh, why why we're doing this Kickstarter. Let's see. Um, but but I, you know, it's one step on the ladder. If if we can get enough money together to fund a proper translation, you know, not just a Google Translate piece of nonsense. <laughs> Something done by um, you know, uh, uh, chartered translators, uh, a group of editors. Proper, we, we've got a whole group of people we put together to do this, and they're not cheap. And it's not cheap what you have done. And in their world, it's called a transcreation because it's not a translation at all. It's a, you know, it's an idiomatic right. uh, translation. So uh, quite different. And Sean had to go through the um, some big issues of changing the names of his characters, which is not the easiest thing to do because. You know, they don't play well in different countries. Uh, certain names. So, we, we've um, yeah, we're we're a little way down that road, and uh, we don't know where it's going to end up. But we do hope we'll end up with a, a range of books on sale in mainstream shops in France, Belgium, Italy, and Spain, translated, transcreated into 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 the local languages uh, by people who themselves are comic book uh, fans. So, BD. so have. So, Sean Halls is his available in France or not quite? Um, it's been it's been transcreated, translated. Uh, our editors have finished with it. Um, if we weren't busy today doing the Powers Squared Kickstarter, we would be doing uh, a Kickstarter, not Kickstarter, but a, a crowdfunding um, uh, 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 piece with Sean's um, translated book on the Ulule um, 
kickstarter.com platform, which is a, a kind of European version of Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. What we don't want to do is do so many things at once that we trip up ourselves here. So Andrew and I are quite careful. We, we, we don't rush. We don't, you know, we're pretty laid back. We're very English about what we do. Uh, we, 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 yeah, we're not trying to change the world or anything like that, but bit by bit and methodically, we, we, we look at the detail. We, you know, you've met Andrew. He's a very detail-oriented guy. We, we do things at our own pace, and we, um, piece by piece, um, uh, get things right. And so when we're, when we're through with this Kickstarter, uh, for you, which hopefully will raise the funds for doing our next Yule Day, mm -hmm. uh, we, we'll, we'll get on with um, Sean's um, uh, attack with us on the uh, uh, main, mainland Europe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the beachhead. The okay. Um, so, 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 I mean, we're not we're not rushing around, but by the end of this year, we hope to have four books uh, in 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 the French-speaking uh, Franco-Belgian market. Okay. And so, uh, one, of them, one of them will be the first volume of Power uh, uh, Squared, I hope. Um, I hope so, too. Um, so, I, obviously you've done three. Who's the, do you have the fourth one in mind, or is that a secret? We or? do. No, no, it's not a secret at all. Um, uh, we, I, you, you may have seen uh, Michael Cohen's Tangled River books, which I, I really admire. And um, mm -hmm. he, he's already got an Italian translation of those because he lives in Italy. Ah. Um, but, but we're, um, again, we think we're, we're not going to chase around uh, we, we're going to go ahead with um, our plan of you know, we'll, we'll see how we get on in the French or the Franco-Belgian market then we'll see how we get on in the Italian market and then we'll see how we get on you know a translation like this a, a proper transcreation of a, of a book is, is going to cost you somewhere between four five six thousand pounds you know, maybe, maybe you know, there's a great deal of money now we don't mind funding some of that ourselves if we think it, it, it has merit, and you know we're we're in business to, you know, not not just make money, but to take chances making money, and we're you know we're quite happy to do that. We we've, we've already piled a load of money into this business, the two of us, so you know we're, we're not averse to that. But if we can use uh, crowdfunding, uh, and, and we can get, you know, particularly because you you take a fan base with you, which uh, you know, uh, uh, we, we we think that's a sensible way of uh, you know, a kind of jointly fan but fan. Based uh, you know, through crowdfunding and business based through artillery. So that's our plan, anyway. But okay. it, our, our plans don't change that often. I have to tell you, we 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 we, um, we get together every few months and just set the next few months. Um, we're pretty good at sticking to the script. Okay. Um, now, we went. We decided we had done a graphic. You guys had actually pushed us into a graphic novel a couple of years ago, and we used that as a uh, for our own Kickstarter, and we thought we wanted to give some people, you know, make it a little different than that one. So we went back and, like, I want to say, kind of re-edited the, the the issues to yeah. make it up. Um, was it, did you guys like that, or was that? Yeah, and it didn't surprise me you did it. I mean, I I, I I'm pretty sure that with you know it, with my own work, I, I was looking back over some of my pension things, and if I could, I'd rewrite them all. <laughs> but, um, the, the fact is. Um, you shouldn't really go back. I think with this, you, it's different. You you have the chance to sharpen up the language and um, and, and to put some clever stuff in there. I, you're, you're lucky because you've got complete control over the book. Uh, what you can't control is the artwork, and I know you've had a succession of artists working on it. But these days, that's not unusual in in, in you know not just mainstream books, but in um, in indie books. So I I, I think um, yeah, why not go back and. Re redo it. I mean, my 
that my, my first awful attempt at a graphic novel, uh, Electrical Tourism, which you mentioned earlier, uh, to my embarrassment. Um, I, I will rewrite and redraw it, but as far as I'm concerned, it would be the same book. See, you've got the advantage that you can actually draw. <laughs> and we like working and, and actually working with uh, Rachel, our current artist, and who's been there yeah, since. Good artist. Yeah, good we think so too. Uh, but she also has like training in sequential art that we don't have. And so she'll say, well, we should do this and this or combine these panels. And a lot of it's very good. At, you know, it helps us, I think, make it better. So we, I think it's good to have a somebody else looking at it that, I'll say knows what they're doing. <laughs> well, I mean, well, that's the that's the thing, really. Sequential art, uh, uh, graphic novels, whatever you call them, these. Uh, I, uh, it's it's more than just a string of pictures. You know, it's 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 not the pictures doing the work or the words. It it's a combine. It, you know, it it genuinely is, or certainly people in Europe think uh, that that comic books uh, genuinely are a, a, a separate art form. You know, so you know you can do things in comic books that you simply can't do in a written book, and you can't do in film. So you know, films are uh, uh, an art form. So uh, in fact, in in Europe and, and here in the UK, comics or comic book form is re regarded as the ninth art. It's often called the ninth art. And in fact, we call it artithmetic. Um, you know, uh, the, the, we call it, we, we subtitle that the ninth art. Uh, so, so it, it is a separate art form, along with poetry and you know everything else, uh, and painting. And you can do things with comics that you simply, you know, with, with with sequential art that you simply can't do in any other uh, way. And, and um, you're right; you've got to use that. So many comics are just headshots, uh, you know, just non, you know, uh, and um, and and the words and the pictures don't really work together. They work despite each other and uh, a good good comicking is, is, is when the the two of them are seamless now I think it's easier to do that if you do it as one person a bit like a singer songwriter if you like right. it's easier for Bob Dylan to write a song because he's going to sing it than it is for you know, a, a, a band to, to sing a song that somebody else wrote but it's um it's not to say it doesn't work I think it's just a lot harder when you work uh, in collaboration with others I personally find it easier to work on my own but then you are lacking a lot of the skills that other people could bring to bear. So yeah. <laughs> you, if, if you do it the way I do it, you've got to keep an eye on what other people are doing and understand uh, you know, quite a lot, not just about you know, about the way the words work, the way the words work with uh, the, you know, the pictures and the way, the, the way one page works with another. You know, I spend hours working on a page only to find it doesn't work with the page I've got next to it. So you know, the, it, a two-page spread means something in a physical book, and uh, I think you do need to. You know, some people who do that are just supremely talented, uh, but some people really can't do it, and they don't even know it's being done. And you, you do see some awful comics around. I do think. Yeah, um, I, I think we've been very lucky to work, be working with her because again, she does sort of, you know, make it. You know, we. I kind of, I, I sometimes envy people that can do it by themselves because you can just sit down and you know put put one out pretty quickly. You know we have to you know, obviously pay her to do it and pay Julia to color it and all that. Uh, but it, I think some cases I think the collaboration kind of helps us too. But I, I was going to ask you that if you don't mind me asking, and if you do, I'll just shut up. But um, I mean, put, putting something together in the way you have, you've written it, and I know you do the. You know, uh, I, I think Trevor does the lettering, but. Um, you, you've um, 
there's an, there's a real expense to putting 13 books together, isn't there? Uh, yeah, and we're actually working on 21 at the moment. So, wow. yeah, we're way behind as far as putting stuff out. Um, I yeah. mean, are you doing it to make money or try and get your money back, or are oh, you I... doing it because you do it? You know, I mean, I, mean <laughs> I personally am doing it because I do it, but um, yeah. I, it intrigues me that um, I, I'd love to find a way of helping people make uh, serious money um, with, you know, especially talented people. Uh, with 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 um, comic books. Yeah, it's uh, it's I don't I don't want to get into how much I pay everybody to do their no, stuff, no, no, but no, it, 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 it's it's not cheap, you know. It's um, but, but it's a serious investment, I guess. Yes, and I get the 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 one thing I've gotten out of it so far is professional status at like Comic Con, you know. That, <laughs> I wish I you know this saves me a couple hundred dollars instead of, uh, but uh, yeah, I haven't. That's, that's something. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, to to some extent, to be taken seriously artistically. That, that's for a lot of people. They say, well, you know, that's that's good enough. That's what I want. Uh, it's I I like working with, I'll say Paul and Trevor as well, and I do like um, I like the people that we're working with, and I I I, li- I want to keep this going as long as we can, um, but I would like it if I could actually, you know break even or something like that at some point, you know, because it's it is a, an expensive proposition to to do. Yeah, I mean, you're not on your own. Our comic laureate over here, um, uh, Rachel um, Wells, I don't think, I remember her second name, that's embarrassing. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I think it's Rachel Wells. But, but anyway, our current comic laureate, she she did a two-year report on um, on the yeah, really the economics of self-publishing uh, as it uh, applies to um, comic books. And, um, you know, very few people make uh, anything at all out of um, you know, some people make a lot of money, but most people um, you know, uh, would be happy to break even. Uh, when Andrew and I set this business up, we were wondering if we could help people get involved in comics without the expense that goes along with it. You're just printing one issue for three or four dollars. Um, you know, professionally done, not not a rubbish copy, yeah. but a decent copy. Uh, so we, we thought we were bringing something not new to the market because other people were doing those things, but um, something that... Um, would help people um, get themselves to a point where they, they, they could publish and show people the, the finished effect without going to great expense of uh, you know, printing hundreds or even thousands of copies. Yeah, I, I, I've never wanted to have like a garage full of issues I haven't sold, you know, but I got it down to ten, you know a dollar an issue or something like that. Um, um, Paul's doing something on the computer, kind of threw me there. Um, so how I know that you were uh, how, how much were you involved in the decisions about what goes into the uh, Kickstarter? Um, right, it, it, the relationship between me and Andrew is uh, quite. He thinks my opinions are interesting, but I should keep them to myself. <laughs> okay. Um, I, 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 we, we've got a whole creative team working for us. Andrew's in charge of that, and um, I wouldn't presume to tell them what to do. In fact, they might they make my work look good. So. I, you were you were very uh, centered to kind of picking the covers that we we chose. Oh well, things like that are important. I I, I think I've probably got a better eye for that than Andrew has. Okay. I hope he doesn't watch this actually. He won't watch <laughs> this. He, he's too busy, far too busy to watch it. <laughs> um, uh, so do you have you seen the Kickstarter page? Oh yeah, no, no, of course okay. no. Um, I I, uh, I I we we decided that. Um, because we're both strongish characters, uh, you can't have two bosses on a project. So 
we tend to I work with Sean and he's working with you so that's kind of I right see up. okay so um, that's fine uh, okay. otherwise we, we'd end up running all over each other and uh, yeah it just wouldn't work so do you have a f uh, favorite uh, tier or pro you know uh, item oh the one the one I've already chosen the one that I'm going for if that's what you want to know sure <laughs> what is I that? think I think the, I think it's a hundred hundred pounds I know um, it's it's the one with the books and the fine art print and the uh, comics to go with it. So it's 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 not the full set, but that I, I think is it hundred is it hundred dollars? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. We don't have it up in front of us. Um, we did a show uh, last, I guess, Friday night, going walking through the Kickstarter and talking about the various tiers. Yeah. But they were in pounds. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So well, we, we, we still use those over here. Oh, um, yeah, I know. Quite yeah. <laughs> no, but it, uh, it was just sort of like, oh, I don't, I really don't know how. I, it's 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 a little closer to one-to-one -one than it used to be, but I, I Yeah, wasn't... I mean, well, yeah, don't tell me about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Is that part of the, the pension fund? Well, no, I, yeah, I should have. I, I, I should have turned all my money into dollars 20 years ago. I know that. <laughs> well, there was, I, I worked for a company um, that was, now I think defunct, but uh, they were trying to get people in like Britain to, they wanted to bill them in in pounds as opposed to dollars at the time. And that was like in the 80s. And uh, so I think things have sort of changed since. Well, I think it was, it was probably $2 to the pound then, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was like $1.75 or something. It was just after the war, by the way. I mean, you know, a long time ago, I know, but it was four dollars to the pound over here. Yeah. Oh, I see. So and, yeah. So things have only gone one way for us, and badly, really, and it continues. <laughs> okay. Well, sorry, sorry to hear that. Um, <laughs> well, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, if you live here, it's fine. It's just if you. I mean, I, I've been to America loads of times. Uh, we, we 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 did try once to go to every state in America, but uh, we didn't quite manage it. My wife and I and some friends, but. Um, we, we've probably been to more states than most Americans have been to. Probably. Uh, but we, we, um, our money start, you know, I mean, quite frankly, we, we should have done it years and years ago because our money went further then. Yeah, yeah, you could probably, you know, yeah. Um, so, um, what, okay, so the last question we always ask people is if people wanted to get a hold of you, how would they, what, follow you, what would be the best way to do that? Oh, it worth follow me personally um, on Instagram, which I think you may do. Um, uh -huh. Where I'm Steve B. Cartoons, um, but follow Artismeric really um, on um, well, and we're we're on everything with Artismeric. But um, I, if you follow, you know, it'd be great if people follow me. I don't mind that. But um, if you follow Artismeric, I mean, we've got so many great creators on there, and we're getting more and more all the time. It's a it's quite an impressive group of people, and uh, we're, we're quite. It's something we're we're quite proud of actually, and it's a, it's it's an eclectic group as well. So, we're, uh, and we do hope it will grow. We, we'd like it to be three times its current size within the next year, and we're working hard to try and do that. Are you it just doesn't doesn't look like we work hard, but we do work. Hard. <laughs> Are you recruiting people? I mean, how do you find people? No, when they find you. We we approach them and we tell them what we do and. Um, if they're interested, that's good, and if they're not, that's good too. You know, we're, we're not pushing, as you know. You know we, um, <laughs> we, 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 we want to work with people that want to work with us, but where we do find people that we can work with, uh, we'd like to try some different things, like we're doing here with trying to break into the French market. Is it, 
one of the things I was curious about, I mean, I know Sean and uh, Tina and Ben, and we're here in the United States, and you're telling me Tangled River, the guy's in Italy. Is there, it seems like there's not any British comic books that are your top of your list, I guess. Is that? Well, there are. Um, we just haven't got around to them yet. Okay. Um, so, so, so um, yeah, there are, and we've got some good people in uh, in in the Far East and in Australia. What what we do with that we, because we had to build the program to for people to upload their comic you know their artwork into our system. So we, we give everybody who joins Artism Rate we give them a, a a piece of software or access to a piece of software that quite frankly took us out the first two years of the business to put together, and it's still being built now. A superb piece of software where everybody gets their own online studio and they can manipulate the comics and you know, edit them, publish them, unpublish them, merchandise, all those things. Um, and, uh, so, and, and they get their own URL, their own shop front, and we built all the, um, uh, the financing down that, you know, the, the, the purchasing and distribution. And uh, so we, we did all of that. And it doesn't sound very much, but it is really, really hard to match. Um, a, a kind of accumulation software into um, print production software, and and that's where Andrew and some of the people that he worked with in the past, are, you know, they're world class experts. So so we built that. So it means that um, our platform can plug in to other um, printers around the world who um, uh, uh, can use our, our our output from our our, our platform. So for instance, uh, when we distribute comics in in North America we print them in North America where we uh, uh, and we, we, we print here in our own factory in um, uh, just outside of London here and um, we um, also print um, in South Africa and we're looking to print um, in mainland Europe and we're currently talking to people in Australia about um, having printing facilities there mm. so we're, we're, we're trying to have broad appeal but what I'm particularly looking for, uh, you know, artistically, I'd say, is uh, looking for the uh, kind of off the wall, um, slightly different, not run of the mill stuff. So the, the, the kind of stuff that's not easy to categorize. And um, we're, we're finding lots of that everywhere. We, we, we're, we're talking to a couple of people in um, you know, Southeast Asia who've got some beautiful books that we'd love to bring to market and bring to the European market. Okay. Uh, you have any questions? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you want to add about the Kickstarter or anything, or besides back it? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll be going next week, and um, you know, Kickstarter is a, a thing of itself. I'm, I, I would like to be able to one day look at Kickstarter as a market in itself, rather than just um, a vehicle for um, uh, accessing people you already know. You know that. If you look at the total um, comic book um, sales uh, generated through Kickstarter over the last five consecutive years, the numbers have gone up tremendously. I, I know that's because one or two high-profile um, actors have had comic book endorsements. <laughs> you know, so that's obviously that makes that warps the market a bit. But even allowing for that, you, you see a steady growth. That I, I've come to regard Kickstarter itself as a market. Uh, a possible, you know, so how do we approach Kickstarter as a market? And and um, a lot of the stuff Andrew and the team have been doing here have been trying to um, you uh, and, and with the help of um, Kat, your 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 um, your, your friend, uh, 
I, I've not spoken to her, but I, I know she's been working with Andrew, uh, and, 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 and maybe seeing how we can tailor what we do to appeal uh, on, to a slightly broader base of Kickstarter um, users, for want of a better word. Uh, people, people that are, are comfortable using Kickstarter. So uh, I'd like to see if we could develop something along those lines this year. Okay. Well, uh, th thanks very much for being on the show. Pleasure. All right. So I'm David Hankins. And I'm Paul Hankins. And until next time, you've been on the air with Power Squared. <laughs>